rolling and everyone's fine. Matt, you can start rolling too. I'm ro- I'm rolling, baby. Oh, excellent. Roll it, baby. Welcome to a decision desk de France. <laughs> I have uh, seven meds under the desk. Uh, if you are just tuning, the village of uh, Blackface de Mohammed has reported uh, with 78% votes in, uh, the Charlie Hebdo is leading. Jerry Lewis. Election France. It's Chris Matthews. Hardball. <laughs> Hardball with soccer balls. Here is Election France results come in. It looks like Macron's game be facing off against Le Pen. I guess Le Pen is truly not mightier than the Macron. <laughs> so, uh, hello. It's your Chapo for this week. Um, as you may have already heard, joining us, sp- friend James Adomian. How you doing? Back again for more, James. Yeah. What's going on? Yes, I'm back from I'm back from the war. <laughs> also, it's me, Will Meneker, along with oh Virgil. Hey, <laughs> and uh, Felix, and bonjour. <laughs> As you may have surmised, uh, we're going to be breaking down the French election. That's what you tune into us for: analysis of other countries' uh, politics, les politiques. Uh, but before then, we have a, a few other things to discuss, and I want to I want to kick things off by uh, asking Matt uh, to relate his little his 420 experience. 420, as you may know, uh, is a little little holiday that happened this past week. And uh, Matt, what happened to you, fam? Well, I went and I guested with Brett and Brian. They had a street fight. 420 drug comedy show in Columbus, and I was doing the dollop uh, the next day in Detroit, so I just drove up to, to do their show the night before, and it actually was my first time doing drugs on 420. Oh, okay. Uh, that I know of, anyway, because uh, I'm a dork, and uh, I just, you know, before the show, there were a bunch of people, we had like a meet and greet, and there were vapes and weed blunts and things like that, <laughs> I just did a lot of them, and I think the thing with like the last couple of times I just used a vape, I was the whole time I was like, I don't think I'm getting enough, so I think I overcompensated this time, and I like basically just inhaled an entire like popcorn bag full of vape. Uh, first thing that happened is is that I understood the nature of the universe, <laughs> which is pretty cool. Like I I I I I start I started talking about video games and why I think they're bad. And it led me to a revelation about the nature of existence as an energy flow, basically, and how, like, the morality of an action is basically predicated on whether it inhibits or engenders the flow of energy into feedback loops with other people. You heard it here first, There are only two engenders. So that was really cool, having that realization. I was like, damn, I just solved everything. Matt Christman, Uh, living up to his namesake in Ohio, just (laughs) revealing truth to the world. Uh, Matt is now calling in from the spirit realm. He is a ball of pure energy. This is is what anti-gamers sound like, by the way. Yeah. Uh, have fun in your fantasy world. I'll be astral projecting a white hot ball of energy at the center of the universe. Well, I, like I said, like I, the, the upside to this is we no longer have to use Skype to call you because yeah. you're astral projecting in, into yeah, the, the I chat can just right be now. Anywhere at you any can, time, it's really convenient. You can be the uh, Orco of Chapo Trap House that's always just kind <laughs> yes. of floating in the frame. <laughs> Matt, yes. Matt has a Cerebro, like Xavier and X Men, <laughs> but it's just all prestige TV. He can figure out what's going on. 
in every prestige TV show in the world. I watch all the shows at once. Yeah. Uh, I'm watching Turkish Deadwood now. So that was cool, Uh, and I was excited about it. And I was like, this show's going to be great. But then uh, we got to the venue, and it just hit me like a fucking, just a sledgehammer in the forehead. (laughs) All of a sudden, I could not keep my eyes open. And the stage, it wasn't really a stage. It was just a room and a bar. And one end had the microphones in it. And there, everything else was just seats and stuff, and there was nowhere for me to sit. And I was just – I could not stay – I couldn't stand. I couldn't keep my eyes open. So I was just like, God, that looks so nice there in the corner. Oh, my God. My phone is charged – is being plugged in over there. I know. I can go lie down and, like, make it look like I'm, like, checking my phone. <laughs> in reality, I'm closing my eyes and getting some sleep. And so I was there for a few minutes, and then Brian and Brett came up. And they started the show, and they thought that it was nice. I was like a nice, Prop. basically, piece of sec decoration for them on the 420 show to have a guy who's basically unconscious behind them due to drugs. So that was so then, but then they did their bit, they did their all the really good comedy, and then I popped up for like my last sort of 30 minute inter- interaction with them. And it really helped that that. That nap just made me sharp, man. It was good. So if any so, of you... I might do that from now on. Just heads up to you guys. Next live show. Matt, you are a meme now, I believe. Yeah, that was the coolest part, is that someone took a picture of me sort of propped up in the corner, looking, <laughs> looking like, like a, a laundry bag. Yeah. And I've been turned into down several to me. pretty boss memes, including the Pieta, which I think is the most... <laughs> yeah. the one. It's that the one that one. I thought of when I saw the picture for the first time. I was just like, where's the Madonna holding me? Someone did it. It's, My favorite so one that I saw is that uh, someone put you into the Kent State photo with yeah. that woman screaming yes. over you. <laughs> I like yeah, the that one. Was good, too. I like the one where you're in Saving Private Ryan. Yes, I'm, I'm Captain Miller going, earn <laughs> this. Yeah, so all I ever really wanted was to be a meme, and now it's happened. Best meme since Sad Brian. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and I also understand the universe now, because it's it's all about like basically managing uh, energy towards a state of <laughs> dissipation. Matt is... Re- uh, you know, the heat death of the universe, basically, and how that mirrors sort of the Marxist end state of history. You uh, Congratulations, you've discovered entropy. He discovered the back of a Dr. Bronner's soap label. <laughs> a Dr. Bronner's soap label. All one. This is an organic reason excuse for me to do a Dr. Bronner. All one for one. Jesus. Churchill. All one. All prophets together. Gandhi. All coming together. One million, two million, five million. Various accumulations of millions. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, that spiel on the back of Dr. Bronner's soap, uh, that's my 14 words, and I know all of them. It, you know, that's actually, that's taken entirely from the Quran. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, congratulations to Matt to uh, f- for figuring out the universe and proving once and for all that marijuana is dangerous and can kill you and should be illegal. Should be illegal. <laughs> Let's get this outlawed, baby. Let's do it. Um, uh, a few other things, though. I uh, want Jeff Chesnich to find out about this story. <laughs> yeah. hey, he would just lay down there in the middle of a live show. <laughs> <laughs> he would just one of these socialist liberals lay down there in a live show. Just laid right down there on the damn floor. You gonna tell me that ain't dangerous? Somebody could step on him. <laughs> Jim Chesnich. Lay down like a duck in a pond. <laughs> he, he, gonna, he gonna die like a dog in the street. 
Um, the other thing, uh, one thing I wanted to bring up, uh, the other, the other not cool thing that happened this week, other than 420, the demon weed holiday, is okay. So this week, this book just came out called Shattered. That is one of these like behind the scenes, you know, uh, hot gossip tell all books about the uh, the doomed uh, Hillary Clinton presidential uh, campaign into in. in of this past year and it's just in the in the uh, prestigious tradition of a kitty kelly tell-all yeah yeah exactly and this has like you know all the behind the scenes stuff about you know their spectacular hubris and uh, incompetence and just generally how unpleasant uh hillary clinton is to literally everyone and Wait, so- favorite moment uh the fact that she would just snap her fingers and say gum to humor <laughs> yeah that's like a cartoon gum. thing that's Gum. like a bad guy in a cartoon would do that. But um, in response to that, Gum. There, <laughs> there's been a lot of people who, of course, are very offended by this. And they're just like, why are we still telling a woman everything that she did was wrong or whatever? And it's just, well, it's like, yeah, because Donald Trump's president. Yeah. That's yeah. Because you told us you had to do this because you were the only one that could do it. And you literally did everything wrong that you could do wrong. And also, you 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 uh, are the villain from uh, part three of Roots. <laughs> what? But just uh, leave it w- in. <laughs> one, one thing in particular that I want to bring up is this nausea. Another nauseating, like mega Twitter thread that happened from this guy Nick Merrill is his name, and he's a formerly former Hillary campaign like staffer, or, like communications guy, or something like that. And he's been doing this thing all week where he's just been posting photos of Hillary Clinton on the campaign with her sort of like rictus smile, like laughing and backslapping with all of her, you know, on the plane, on the bus, with voters. And like... The, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, human! <laughs> and, and yeah, pictures like that, and then po- like with, with a caption being like, what's that about staff infighting? Oh, here's a photo of more staff infighting. And it's like her laughing and smiling. And it put every, every picture that that she was like, ah, the collateral murder video is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, this is so, this is so weird and funny that like this guy feels the need to do it. But it just, again, it speaks to the thing, Matt, I think you've spoken about before this weird liberal thing or like, they don't understand like the concept of that photography is just, they don't get photographs. (laughs) Joan Walsh, amazingly taking a still frame from the image of cops rushing to arrest a protester, a black lives matter protester, in Baton Rouge, and she says she froze them. She was so gorgeously powerful that they, she just froze them with her with her elegance. It's like, no, it's a photograph, Joan. They kept moving after the image was taken. It's like, oh, look at all these people. It's like, that's not a random shot from space. Someone was behind the camera, and they knew that. Someone they knew that photographs were being taken. But like to you know, to that point, like what's what's so galling about this is what he's doing is just posting all these photos from the campaign that were taken specifically to portray. These aren't candid. Yes. Taken by professional photographers it's hired astounding. by the campaign. He, he, he posts a picture of the guy jumping out of the tower on 9-11 and he's like, oh yeah, this guy's really uh, falling to his death right now, huh? <laughs> this guy's <laughs> actually flying. <laughs> oh, God. Now look, Stalin's sitting there alone. Those other guys were never there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like this is just, you know, uh, you know, not to, again... Not not to not to do not to belabor the point or do violence to women further, but like again, it's just this 
this weird psychological thing where it's like I thought it was bad during and right after the election, but like these Hillary it people have gotten so much worse. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. oh, it's getting worse every day. They're getting more and more insane. They're more conspiratorial. They are they're farther along in self-imposed paranoid delusion. Matt, that sounds like someone has compromat on you. <laughs> They're way farther along that trajectory. It took them years to get this diluted among the Republicans. Ostensibly, the photos are, are supposed to prove that there was no infighting, which is just a baffling and like false on face value claim. We have the fucking emails. Like These are some of the most backbiting, <laughs> fucking ice-chewing people in the world. Well, as bad as the Marco people. And they're all... What's really galling for me is they're all proud of this experience. They're all so happy about it. Like, this was like a summer camp to them. <laughs> they're all patting each other on the back. Like, we did it. We won the popular vote. Well, yeah, that that's, yeah. And if you go to any of their pages, like, Robbie Mook famously didn't tweet for about, you know, two months after he fucking blew it. But the only thing he tweets now are, like, more active measures found. Because... The only way that they can show psychologically their- cope with it, yeah, is to say that it was some supernatural intervention. Well, there's some, there's a program that's electromagnetically swaying the Earth to be <laughs> yeah. to change the outcome of election. Oh, oh, oh yeah, it's it- called the frickin' Kremlin. <laughs> um, the way that they look at it, I mean, one of the most repulsive things about these people before this was the way that they spoke about Obama and Hillary, where it was like, "Thank you for your service," and. It goes back to this larger thing that we talked about during the West Wing episode of how they think of power as, uh, as sort of justifying a person's personality as reifying the strength of their character. But for them, the fact that they work for them in these positions where the only reason you would do it is because you were a power-hungry, backbiting fucking psycho and you wanted to get a seven-figure consulting job in, later. In the, any decent society, all of Hillary's top lieutenants would have committed Harry Carey <laughs> yeah. after the election on the inaugural platform. <laughs> Throughout history and across uh, lots of different cultures, we value people who go, you know what? That was my fault. <laughs> right. why, has not, why has that not happened once? Uh, whoops. Because admitting any fault would be... I'll, I'll tell you why. Here, here's my here's my theory. And why this Nick Merrill guy, among others, is like... Because there's po- nothing wrong with this. <laughs> yeah. Posting all these happy pictures. Because one of the other like details that came out in this Shattered book is apparently right after the election, sort of as their way of figuring out what went wrong, apparently Hillary like was like, I want access to everyone's emails and I'm going to score everyone on some sort of weird loyalty code. Or sort of like loyalty uh, bracket yes, yes, or something yeah. like that. One to seven, yeah. One to so seven. I think I think they're all scared. Yeah, I, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He'll, he'll, Guys, she has no more power. Into the, the Wizard of Oz, you can go hail Dorothy. <laughs> yeah, now. yeah, yeah. What the fuck is she gonna do? Wobble into your house and shoot fucking brain cancer at you, or whatever, faint on you, vomit. Pierce your Look, ears. you guys, you 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 guys are all like, oh, the the Clintons are done for. We can shit on them all we want. And guess what happens? Uh, Hillary d- gets uh, Chelsea the cover of Vanity F- Fair a few more times, and then they do the procedure from Get Out on her <laughs> and put Hillary's brain in Chelsea's body, <laughs> and then she runs for president and she fucking smites everyone who said a bad thing about her. I may I may not be in a cave. But I'm descending into the dark place. (laughs) I I have this on my phone, actually. This uh, reminds me of a lead from a story in Harper's from a few weeks ago. I'm sorry, I don't know what the byline is, uh, but I want to read this to you. Harper's Bizarre. 
Uh, <laughs> it is bizarre, and I find this hilarious. Listen, ask anyone who was present at Hillary Clinton's presumptive victory celebration on November 8th, and they will tell you of the stunned silence broken only by sobs that settled across the vast glass enclosure of the Javits Center in Manhattan. Upstairs, in the suite where the candidate was closeted with her family and associates, the trauma was even more intense. She was great. As, run that shit back. She was closeted. I think they should have said cloister there. But. Yeah. As one attendee later reported to me, it featured the, quote, full range of human emotions, screams, shock, fainting. Bill moved immediately to blame. The former president, <laughs> I was told, singled out campaign manager Robbie Mook. We should have fired that asshole months ago. It was awful. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's that rules actually. Yeah, that's the only good thing that ever happened that, with that campaign. That was the first uh, human emotion to come out of I, that campaign. I, I, I do like how they said the full range of human emotions, and it was like Anger, yelling, crying, crying. Ah! crying. Yeah, yeah. You know all the good ones. If we, if I had uh, seen that, uh, just Bill Clinton or, or Hillary just scream at Robbie Mook, fuck that fucking asshole. We should have fired him months ago. Yeah, I, w- I would have been more enthusiastic about the campaign. Again, uh, so. You know, no, no need to dwell too much longer on the uh, election postmortem. But uh, moving on now, I want to talk about uh, another story that was uh, in the news this week that is, you know, tailor-made for us. We already did uh, sort of a bit about it, but we haven't actually talked about it on the show. And of course, I'm referring to the Alex Jones family court saga. Like in in the midst of this, he is now, um, you know, what being you know, some being sued for custody or trying to get his kids back from his wife. Do you guys know what's going on with that? Well, what's happening is the <laughs> Illuminati is closing in on the Jones Ranch. <laughs> but the the thing that everyone picked up on there's a couple things that like his lawyers seem to imply that nothing he said or did as part of his television or radio show could be used against him because he is doing performance art or he's playing a character. What's the problem with that? <laughs> I was uh, I was uh, I, I first met Andy Warhol when I was a young. <laughs> Street hustler in New York City, <laughs> and I was vouched for by Keith Haring, and Keith was one of my influ- most influential heroes. And Andy said, "You know what? You should do something really dangerous and go into deep character." And I said, "What are you talking about?" And he said, "Become Mephistopheles himself for a long time." And we lost Andy, and then we we lost Keith Haring, and that was a, a, it. Really hurt me, and I was never able to get out of character after that. And I went to backpack to Texas, and um. And as any artist it happens to any good artist, your your work is misunderstood. Your work can be misunderstood by those that it's intended to influence. And all I've ever tried to do is discredit the absolute hatred <laughs> that is in my voice at all times. <laughs> yeah, no, little known fact, Alex Jones was part of the factory. Yeah. I remember, I remember hanging upside down from a beach ball. <laughs> for days at a time as I was as I would be pegged by various <laughs> members of the Velvet Underground. <laughs> <laughs> Alex Jones actually did, one of the first things he ever did was the uh, the Globalist Scum Manifesto. <laughs> but um, an- another tidbit to come out of this uh, thing is that he was uh, pleading with the media to be respectful of him and his family, uh, which I would sympathize with if it was literally anybody else in Alive, other than the guy who said the Sandy Hook children weren't real. 
You want to come for my family? You want to come for my family, you Illuminati scum? We're ready for you. We, you globalists, you sniveling globalists. I'm going to rip my underwear in half. I'm just ripping my underwear in half with my buttock power. Look how fucking close. Look how fucking close I come to seeing something anti-Semitic, and yet I stop myself. We found out in that trial what Alex Jones's Achilles heel is, and that's chili. Yes, Achilles heel. Let's put it that James, way. <laughs> James, did you know heel. about the, the chili thing? Of course. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not only did I know about the chili, uh, we're talking about chili where you've asked the cook to do his best, put something extra spicy in there, Texas style chili. Look, if you if ever heard my voice, it sounds like I have chili with cigarettes in it every day. <laughs> <laughs> and I do tobacco spice chili. That I smoke. <laughs> for, for, for anyone not familiar, I think he said on the stand that he couldn't remember uh, certain like the ages of his kids because he had a bowl of chili for lunch that day. That was yeah, it was powerful. It was powerful stuff. Well, lawyers always ask you that gotcha question, like how old <laughs> yeah. your kids are. Well, as a performance their artist, are. when I've entered a courtroom, I understand that I am in the final act of the film, and so <laughs> it will be reenacted at some point by future artists reinterpreting our work. And so I'm on stage. When I'm in court, I am on stage. And there has been an audience that has paid $30 to get, crawl through a, a crawl space to get to the performance room. So, yeah, Alex Jones, uh, Alex Jones Family Court, the, the story we probably made happen. Yeah, it's uh, just another one of those things. Uh, as we bend the world, but never for the better. Oh, one last thing. The, the other really funny thing to come out of this is that he said he smokes weed once a year just to test its potency. And it's way too strong. And now. he said it's gotten way too strong and it's because of George Soros. God damn it, is that is it his fault that I passed out at the show? Yes. Yeah, it is. That fucker. <laughs> Goes all the way to the top, George Soros. Um, you may not know it, but that's where it's coming. The money's coming from. The money that's being infused into Eureka, California at the marijuana farms that they have up there. Big Monsanto-style marijuana farms funded by George Soros. <laughs> I'm Rex 84. <laughs> I'm off that Soros. I'm floating in a Maybach. Feeling like Fogel. Soros in the blunt. Going into Subway. I'm on the hunt. <laughs> Globalist money. MMG. Yo, got the backwards full of that Soros. <laughs> but how funny is that, though? He's like, he's just, he's the weed tester. He's like, I, I, got, I gotta know. It's for my kids. Uh, I, I, need, I need to know what kind of marijuana they're smoking and if it's too powerful. Once a year, that's like some asshole professor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I don't want to completely walk away from my youth. Once a year, my friend, on the 1st of August. He, talk, he talked about, um, they asked him about his Joe Rogan appearances where every episode of the Joe Rogan experience, it's my favorite show by the way because joe rogan stopped doing the ufc every single event he only does like big events now because he's like i just need to spend more time with his with my family but like five times a week he does a show where him and his friends just smoke drugs in his garage and scream about ufos for five hours that's he's his family yeah <laughs> <laughs> he's spending like 40 hours a week on this and like of course the alex jones episode was great like they got wasted Alex, you know, took his shirt off as he does. And, they, you know, the, the wife's lawyers were like, 
this is insane. Like, you, no one should be doing this. And I'm not like, so worried about this trial, but it could set a bad precedent if Alex Jones loses custody of Paul Joseph Watson. <laughs> Imagine my surprise when, when the tolerant left forced my weekends with father to be supervised. <laughs> I'm now I'm in search of my new father now. Shut well, the fuck up. That. <laughs> You're not my father. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm moving with my stepdad, Sargon of Akkad. <laughs> Just, I want to make clear, family court is no laughing matter. No, you know, this is there are kids involved here. Just because it's Alex Jones doesn't mean that we're just ringing it for cheap comedy material. Hi, it's me, uh, Sally Jones. I'm 12 years old. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Alex Jones. Is- Alex Jones, 12 year old daughter, Sally Jones. <laughs> he should start a Twitter account for his kids, like Bana. Yeah, just be yeah. like President Trump. Please help my father. So uh, we alluded to it at the top of the show, but I think uh, the the big topic, of course, and this is breaking news is the French election, 2017. Breaking news, you're seeing oh. across the ticker on the bottom of the screen right now. Breaking news, France has won the election. Uh, guys, before we do this segment, me and uh, Virgil, we we both have to go to the bathroom. We have to go to the bathroom together. There's it's two the toilets w- next to each other, yeah. so it's it, cool. It's the only way we can piss and shit. So, uh, do, okay, yeah. say, we'll, say, we'll say goodbye to Felix and Virgil. Bye. Right, bye Enjoy your bye, bathroom guys. trip. They're holding hands right now. It's it's so it's so sweet. Uh, joining us again is our uh, French election uh, specialist, um, Carl uh, Carl Digler. Digler, uh, I'm not like uh, my American cousin who is a fat earth. Uh, I am uh, French. I'm cool. Instead of ja- uh, ogling feet on Twitter, I uh, do it in real life. I am in custody of my boy, Kadi, and uh, I'll do what every French man does, which is get naked and have arguments with my father <laughs> every day. So um, I am the most I am the most uh, respected uh, Paris insider. <laughs> and uh, your, your, your fellow, uh, the, the data guy, the, the real, the numbers guy, uh, uh, Virgil, my uh, bon- a taxi? Virgil taxi, my petite frere. Hey, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, Virgil, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm, f- I'm fine, Carl. Uh, today, <laughs> I was uh, walking on the, the to, to uh, La Subway. And uh, dangerous the, the, in the metro. I remember hating you for loving me <laughs> when I was riding in the metro. Oh my god! Oh my god! It's Chris Matthews. Yes, Ber- Ber- Berlin, one of my favorite bands. <laughs> uh, uh, Chris, on my trip over here, I see an Algerian in the subway. Dangerous and unacceptable. Zutalors. <laughs> I thought I thought Battle of Algiers was one of us uh, fantastic movies right up until the end. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully there'll be a, actually. Uh, hopefully there'll be an, uh, a sequel to that movie because the breaking news is that the the election is going to be held in fourteen days and it's going to be between fourteen days for fourteen words. <laughs> It's going to be between uh, Macron and mm. Le Pen. So that is the sort of uh, the investment banker versus the Nazi. Well, it's going to be a fantastic horse race. It's going to come down to the wire. <laughs> Hopefully the uh, press has been building up the Nazi like we did in this country for a long time. <laughs> well, they were. But the thing is, they were building up Le Pen and saying, you know, she's not that bad. 
because they were afraid Melancon was going to be in the second round. And, and they were all basically mentally preparing themselves for the inevitable thing where they all backed Le Pen because when liberals are forced with a choice between fascism and a serious uh, leftist challenge, they will pick fascism every time. That's true. You always have to crush the left first and strongest and then hope you beat the right. Uh, you have not yep. seen you have not seen La Rassement I have received from Melanchon Frères. <laughs> they say uh, uh, perform in my hole. Papa. Uh, and and as far as the American coverage of it, I'm I don't know if this is representative, but BuzzFeed, shout out to BuzzFeed, probably our favorite you know news source. We hope to someday you know, really collaborate with them. They, they they had a headline that said, um, how Marine Le Pen went from the daughter of a racist to the mother of a nation. Uh, who, who your father <laughs> is who your father is does not determine who you are. Uh, my father my father, he always has his pants and off and his dick out when we argue. <laughs> but I have my shirt off and that is why we are different men. I drink uh, red wine and I, sc- I scream at my mistress. Uh, he drinks white wine and does the same. Do you have to have your shirt off? Uh, yes, this is how the French argue. We all like to be I, naked all the time I, when we are older than 40 uh, and become 100 pounds overweight. Je, These I, guys, I don't they're already ripping like up that. the cobblestones. You can see it in Paris. <laughs> uh, but back to the election, we have big endorsements on both sides. Uh, Macron? He was endorsed by a drawing of uh, Muhammad <laughs> as a uh, blackface uh, gay. Uh, but uh, Le Pen, Le Pen was, uh, he was endorsed by uh, Jerry Lewis, <laughs> the <laughs> most respected man in France. Uh, well, I don't think that's true. Le-, Le Pen's favorite movie is The Clown Who Cried. Oh, that movie is such a good moral. If the Holocaust is happening to you, all you can do is laugh. <laughs> If you can't collaborate, <laughs> none of no one in France, none of our ancestors collaborated for somehow. Somehow, all of our parents were in the resistance. For me, it never gets better than triplets of Belleville. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how hard it was to bicycle up that hill. <laughs> Macron versus uh, Le Pen is a perfect synthesis. They basically voted. The majority of people in France today voted for that drawing of Muhammad. Sucking a dick, but the dick is labeled le deficit. Uh, yeah, the deficit is, you know, we laugh and joke a lot, but the deficit is the biggest problem. And the best way that you fight a fascist, France has defeated every fascist that it is uh, confronted. Uh, the uh, best way you do is let them win the first round. <laughs> the, That's what we always do. Le, le deficit is the, the biggest issue. <laughs> Uh, the deficit is the reason why uh, my, wa- my wife has absconded to Morocco with Jeb Depardieu, <laughs> this scoundrel. She said, how can I raise Cody in an environment where even even our, our leaders are irresponsible? One thing I want to actually bring up about uh, Macron, who is um, elections in 14 days, and he currently has a 30-point lead in the polls. So... Uh, True to form, he's going to blow that in the next two weeks, and probably Le Pen is going to win. That's my prediction. Fun to, it would be fun to like swap out the Clinton campaign and see if they could win. <laughs> uh, I, I, talked to, I talked to him the other week, and he said, I may not be uh, Jerry Lewis, but when you see me on screen, you will think I am medical moron. <laughs> <laughs> One thing I want to bring up about Macron, uh, you probably know this. This is the, the best bit of trivia about him is that uh, he married uh, his, te- his boarding school teacher. 
who's uh, who is I think twenty years older than him, and they met when he was fifteen. And it says here, uh, she used to be his French teacher at a private high school. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't understand. Why would he need a French teacher? He I think I think that's French. just like taking English classes, and that, that's when you you read. I know, I was kidding. You read you read Celine, and uh, that's it. His wife here says uh, she told the magazine. Uh, speaking of this, at the age of seventeen. Emmanuel said to me, whatever you do, I will marry you. He followed through. Alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> He's like the uh, like the French Daniel Day-Lewis in Last of the Mohicans. I will find you. Le- I will marry you. <laughs> I want to find those waterfalls and make it like my Disneyland. Yeah, that's the best soundtrack ever. Yeah, that shit bangs. Yeah, yes. yeah. I wish you could put that on. But um, so put that on and have wine sex. Yeah, wine sex. Right. <laughs> that involves like we're good people. <laughs> we have uh, instrumental soundtrack only. <laughs> I only fuck to uh, instrumental young chop beats. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like I mean, the uh, what we were really hoping for was, of course, the real left against the right, which should have been uh, Mélenchon against Le Pen. And then we could have had the fascist versus the actual left. And as Matt alluded to earlier, there was like all these rumblings leading up to this. Can this really happen? Is it going to be Mélenchon and Le Pen? And I remember seeing uh, The Economist had a headline that was like, if this happens, I don't know what we'll do. And it's just like, yeah, you do. You're, you'll back the fascist. You know exactly what you're going to do. That's what they were doing. They were preparing the ground for that. And now they're all like... We can embrace the neoliberal shithead with totally clear consciences. And then he can spend four years continuing the same awful policies that Hollande has done. And then she can win in four years. It'll be great. Uh, I think you have to respect the office of Hollande. You know, let's let's watch out for our discourse here, okay? Can I say, I know he's not a popular person anymore, but Francois Hollande, the entire time he's been in office, to me has always looked like he... Every time I've seen him... Has looked like he just came from a beautiful dinner, and had it, he looks like he's full of the best food. He's like patting his stomach. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Now there's work to be done, I suppose. <laughs> well, actually, he he was like an he was a long time in a long time relationship with another socialist politician, Senegin Royale. They had kids together. They never got married, and she actually was the socialist candidate before him, who lost to Sarkozy. And then he won, and then they broke up because he found someone younger. He was cheating with her, cheating on her with. By and he, they found out because he was like riding his bike to go hook up with her. I think when they have French ele- when they have French elections, they should ask before the actual vote, like during the debate process. They should have a question where it's like, instead of "What is your plan for the country?" They should be like, "And what is your plan for your mistress?" That we'll find out about <laughs> in six months. Will it be will it be rancorous or will you have an arrangement? But you know, in reading about the French election and like some of the some of the the policies that are being proposed by the, this this you know sort of uh, the the spectrum of candidates they have there, one of the things is who would expand their thirty two hour work week to thirty five. And who would cut it to 30? So think about if that was like an issue in America. And people are laughing at this. And I'm like, that's fucking great. Like, imagine having a 32-hour work week. And that was like, that was an issue in a presidential election. Is do we add? I got to say, that sounds terrible. Do we add or subtract one or two hours? Uh, Carl believes it should be 80 hours. 80 hours. I love my job. 
I love going into the office. I work very hard. I come in at 11. Yeah. <laughs> I'm from Southern France. <laughs> uh, he, comes, uh, he comes in no shirt. I come in no shirt, and I argue with my editor, who uh, pret- I pretend he's my father. We scream at each other. Then I take a nap after two hours of screaming. Then I receive disgusting blowjob. I get drunk. I fill a condom full of heroin. <laughs> I swallow it, and then I take the train, and by the time I get past the train, get past the security guard who check for Algerian, I go home, I shit it out, I shoot it into my arm, and I write scathing hit piece on them uh, Mélenchon bros. Uh, w- one quick thing about uh, Mélenchon is I saw this quote from him this week. Here's a reason to hate Melanchon. This is an actual quote from him speaking of America and Americans. He says, Yankees represent everything I detest. He calls us Yankees. <laughs> yeah. like, like Foghorn Leghorn? <laughs> Yankees represent everything I detest. A pretentious and arrogant empire composed of uncultured rubes and pitiable cooks. That is the oui. opposite of France. Oui. We have great cooks. We, oui, we. Oui. Uh, yeah, no, what, okay, a, what so, a screwball. Yeah, that guy is slightly to the left of Bernie Sanders. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I'd like to thank... Uh, I think that the cooks are serviceable. <laughs> I take objection with, with the Melanchon's <laughs> description of American kitchens. <laughs> In my view, I think that the 32-hour work week is just about fine. I think I would keep it about about, about there. Such bad food and so little of it. <laughs> my diet consists entirely of oatmeal and raw data. <laughs> I'd like to thank... Incidentally, uh, when it comes to the infighting with the Hillary Clinton campaign, I would be remiss if I would not to confess that there was a certain modicum of disagreement in the Bernie Sanders campaign as well. <laughs> There was a terrible, terrible rift one night over the rules of Settlers of Catan. <laughs> we were trying to play on the on the campaign Volvo. We couldn't afford a campaign bus. We had a campaign Volvo, and we were playing Settlers of Catan in the back. And uh, one of my staffers said we shouldn't have any elements of um, you know, genocide in uh, <laughs> a friendly house rules uh, version of Settlers of Catan. And I said the printed rules should be should be interpreted uh, uh, the way that they are. And we had a terrible argument. We didn't talk for about five minutes. <laughs> I can't wait till those emails leak. Well, none of it was an email. No, we were DMing each other. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so I, I would like to thank our special uh, French election analyst, uh, Carl Digler. Uh, ha- have, a, have a great week, mon frères. <laughs> and uh, e, uh, Virgil, Texismo. Uh, 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 are you uh, uh, hiring? Uh, <laughs> eh, come with me. No, come with me. I do not work for American Yankee Oath. Uh, 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 you have uh, to uh, give me a bath now. <laughs> uh. And Chris Matthews, you know, I got lost in the Louvre one time, and then I found myself. I, you know, I took the elevator up the pyramid, and I started banging on the inside of it. Let me out. <laughs> <laughs> that is... That is a metaphor for being married in France. <laughs> and now I'm thinking uh, Chris Matthews uh, discovering the secrets of the Mona Lisa and the uh, last the Last Supper. Uh, and the-, the secret <laughs> of the Mona Lisa is she's got sharp political instincts. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, uh, we're back from the bathroom. How was the bathroom trip, guys? Uh, I didn't get a lot done. What about, what about you? I mean, it's like 20% of what I'm going to do today. Yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, moving on from the French election to other uh, political news overseas, I saw, I saw this story um, this morning, and uh, it, it, it moved me. 
I'm just going to read the headline here. A UKIP candidate has announced she's sexually attracted to gorillas. This is a topic we discussed. You know, gorillas have come up before on the show. Uh, someone should set her up with Mike Cernovich. That's the thing, yeah. Be it Harambe or Cernovich. Cernovich. Yeah. America's leading mindset expert. Mm-hmm. The only man who can replicate the thinking powers of a great ape. <laughs> and as funny as that headline is, believe I'm me... Being <laughs> <laughs> I'm being harassed! I'm being harassed by mob! As funny as that headline is, uh, the actual story itself is even better. So I'm just going to read from it here. On Friday, UKIP local election candidate in Glasgow, Gisela Allen, made the news for an article she'd written for the Clyde Bank Post. The article captured attention for phrases such as predicting World War III and a plan to abolish golf courses. Apparently, All right, <laughs> let's listen to her. Yeah, I, yeah. My let's ears are picked out. up already. Hugo Chavez banned golf courses, so she's she's on the right track. He banned golf courses? Or, yeah, he, he like, he national... They, they, Yeah, they tried to confiscate them and turn them into housing. It ruled. That is literally a George Carlin joke. And Hugo Chavez made it into policy. Someone handed him a DVD at some point of George Carlin. (laughs) (laughs) Right before he died, he was trying to figure out, why am I in the plane when I'm on the plane? (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, no, he says, apparently not content with this. Uh, No, he says... uh, Apparently not content with this, Alan chose to explain her views on homosexuality in an interview with the Sunday Herald. According to the interview, Alan stated that gorillas, quote, make her hormones go crazy. (laughs) Alan said that as she kept this fact to herself, or at least used to, so why should gay, bisexual, or lesbian people talk about their sex life? Quote, I am not anti-gay, but how can you call that a community? Sex life is everybody's private affair. You did not come out and declare openly. Do you think I'm going all over the city saying my idea of sexually attractive creature is a gorilla? When I go to the zoo and I see a gorilla, my hormones go absolutely crazy. I find a gorilla very attractive. <laughs> so she's like, yeah, I'm not going about a town saying Look, this. Look, if I don't get the fuck a gorilla, you don't get the fuck a guy, all right? No, that's it's right. It's <laughs> On top of it all, she sounds like Flintheart Glomgold from DuckTales. <laughs> Isn't that... That's every social conservative, though. It's like... I'll fuck yeah. a gorilla, Scrooge! <laughs> every... Like, oh, there are so many horrifying, disgusting things that I want to do. And if I don't get to do them in public, you don't get to do your thing. Sorry about that. The wee little silver backies. <laughs> I mean, Has anyone told her about their dick size? Yeah, oh yeah, they, they only they have, have the smallest days. penises in the primate world. No, they have. The, I think they have Is the biggest disparity between body size and penis size of any animal. That's all right. I've got a really small vagina. <laughs> <laughs> so tiny. She's it's more attractive. Perfect. The upper body strength and the and the you know the arms and the chest. We could cuddle. It's fine. The per- he doesn't have to do it. He can just cuddle me. The perfect man has a three to one shoulder to waist ratio, and his dick barely passes the labia. It all it all it go, it, go, it goes along in the article. Uh, Gisela says here. Um, yes, I find gorillas very attractive. It's an odd thing. I don't usually talk about it openly, but. They make my hormones go crazy, along with podcast host Felix uh, Biederman, who also does it really does it for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm the closest. Uh, I have a very ape-like energy. 
but ladies, there's one thing that I'm not like a gorilla in. Oh, okay. Yeah. Let's just say I'm gifted in my ability to uh, chew and digest meat as opposed to a gorilla, <laughs> which is a herbivore, and I am not. Something, that, that correct me if I'm wrong, it sounded like her the way she got to I Want to Fuck Gorillas is starting out by... She started out trying to own people who were pro-gay. Yeah. 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 So that should be a lesson. Like, you never take owning someone so far that you've backed yourself into a gorilla fucking corner. <laughs> She's like a homo. Well, I mean, she- yeah, that's the Santorum rule, right? Yeah, this, like, is, this he is the same. Was the guy is talking about how it was related to dog fucking. This is this is how Western social conservatives do suicide bombing. They By pull laying, themselves up with a hot take. Yeah, but it, they won't actually kill themselves to stop gay people, but they'll sacrifice themselves by being like, "Well, yeah, I want to. Uh, I want my dad to dress up like a cartoon character, and I want to suck his dick. But do I talk about it? Except for now. <laughs> well, the final act of the Alex Jones saga. I will not be happy until I am paraded before a hostile cra- a mob. Just like Braveheart. I want to reenact Braveheart in downtown Central Austin, Texas. Right on 6th Street. Outside outside of the Alamo Draft House. And have and just lock eyes with a young girl in the crowd and go with a look in my expression that says, too late. And I'm gonna shout, I'm gonna shout, Freedom! As I am as I'm tortured to death with barbecue sauce. Fit with my intestines are pulled out and filled with chili. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah that oh t- taking me back to that classic ending of braveheart where once again mel gibson endures inhuman levels of torture and agony but like maintains his emotional control throughout all of it yeah. <laughs> america's leading mo- the scotland's leading yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> revolution expert yeah. this is this is called a uh, um highlander lion mindset so you can maximize your frontal cortex to take on the king. You know, I blame those road warriors for running over his legs all those times. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, before we go, I think we would be uh, remiss that we have James in the room and not bring up just a little bit, just a little bit of Gorka, just a little bit of the Gork. I, you know, I, I, I I'm a, I, I think James, he's people... an interesting public figure. Helicopter sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody else hear a helicopter? Bring me my Tinker Taylor Soldier Chapo file. I think I'd like to talk to the boys in person. Uh, Gorka's currently has uh, yelling at us from a megaphone, uh, repelling out of a helicopter. You know, Mr. Chapo, you and I are not so much different. <laughs> Out of the world, you understand that we are those who push the chess pieces. <laughs> well, uh, Gorka, speaking of chess pieces, you know, map- you may, you may, I don't know, I, 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 I hesitate to ask your ethnic heritage, <laughs> but I respect your Magyar mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Seba- uh, Sebastian, uh, Matt brought this up in terms of chess pieces. Uh, post your last appearance on the show. Uh, you just you you stay in the news, and this time it said that uh, you drew up plans to partition Libya on a on a napkin and showed it to a journalist. Well, of course, I did. <laughs> Tripoli, Tripoli, the three the three sided city. <laughs> <laughs> 
the world jewel of North Africa. Those, those whose, whose destiny is to create destiny, we must be able, we must be able to, to draw history upon a napkin at a whim. And if it's a brown napkin, we must carry a red pen with us. <laughs> they didn't tell what they didn't tell you. It was that it was a, it was a re- 30% recycled material in the napkin, Mr. Chapman. <laughs> and so I shall recycle the kingdom of Libya. <laughs> <laughs> Cartago Delende S. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Chapo, our rapport is such that I've grown fond of it. Can't you tell that I've hesitated all these months? These long weeks, I've hesitated when I could have destroyed you, you understand? (laughs) I've shown you mercy, and yet you continue to mock me. Don't you understand that I've held back, not unlike the tanks at Dunkirk, (laughs) waiting for you to come to your senses? Why must we fight? Together we can destroy. There is a horseshoe theory, Mr. Chapo. <laughs> Perhaps the horseshoe should be turned around to those who've thrown it at us. <laughs> I only offer this because there soon will be a time, Mr. Chapo, when these decisions will be too late. <laughs> you see, I do have access to the White House for the time being, and Mr. Kushner is making his moves as predicted. But of course, I... Uh, <laughs> I am really taken to leaving the White House in recent days. (laughs) And you might might wake up to find one middle of the night very, very, very soon where perhaps I never will leave the White House. (laughs) (laughs) Look to your history, Mr. Chapo, and do a close reading of Alexander Haig, for I am in charge here, Mr. Chapo. Oh, oh, man. So, can we have part of Libya? Yeah. Why, well, of course. Why, uh, I, I like it when you bargain. Uh, like Lex Luthor coming to his senses and asking for Australia. Indeed, Mr. Chapo. Command- a third of the Libyan province. Commander Commander Gorka, you will not be disappointed. We're going to look after it. We're going to feed, feed it every day. This is ours. We're going to show you we're grown I think I might have to rescind my offer because I was only ceding it to you with the unspoken understanding that a genocide would occur. <laughs> okay, we're going to kill all the Berbers. I'm sorry. Cartago de Give me, let me do a wrap up of your topics. I was listening from the chopper, and, and I would like, I'd just like to weigh in on what they were. Uh, oh, what, what's your take on the French election? The French election. Well, I was, I, I, of course, I was supporting the moderate, <laughs> the moderate centrist Marine Le Pen, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I think that I think it's time that we beat back an attack from the radical left, represented by Macron. <laughs> What do you think about... Uh, Ma- this is a matter for the continental ones like us. The <laughs> Americans might not understand it, you see. What do you make of Macron's uh, wife being uh, his former French teacher? Uh, I've, I've, I've had many relationships with my uh, instructors and pupils myself. As a medical doctor of science, let me tell you that the bond between <laughs> a protege and his um and his uh, special one is one of <laughs> is one of the strongest bonds known on the entire Danube River 
Will you waltz with me, Mr. Chapo? <laughs> Let's not have this infighting. Let us not descend into this Clitonian madness. <laughs> I shall outlaw I shall outlaw all political dynasties. <laughs> Surely you agree with me on that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. But but Mr. Chapo, let's reason here. We're in the opening moves. Soon we'll enter the middle game of the chess match. And uh, <laughs> I've always been an improvised player, but it seems like you're moving rather predictably. And I would invite you to view the pieces not as uh, representatives of your political will or fortunes, but actually the pieces themselves as the destiny of the earth. <laughs> and we, the movers... Where do you stand of, on fucking gorillas? We, well, oh, yes, I wanted to weigh in on that, too. I myself have fucked a gorilla, but I, <laughs> they're, best, they're best used for blowjobs. <laughs> <laughs> Again, because of the upper body strength. <laughs> what, do, what do you think of Matt's uh, 420 experience and theory of energy? Soon... Those of you who are weak enough <laughs> to expose yourselves to these drugs outside of the chambers of a secret society will suffer the consequences. <laughs> I believe that you should be able to in, uh, partake of the decadence beyond the moral bounds of modern society. The Order of St. Vitesse, we've been known for a number of Filthy, filthy, <laughs> violin-filled sex acts. <laughs> and when my offer to Mr. Chapo stands, understand that there, there may be a lost limb. <laughs> you may lose one of your number, but you shall gain a thousand-year reign. <laughs> Chapo shall reign a thousand years at the side of the... The yeah. throne of Attila. <laughs> <laughs> well, cheers to our thousand-year reign. Yeah, very cheers humbled to the throne right now. Thank of you. Consider so yourselves Dunkirk. The the tanks hold back <laughs> for the, now. <laughs> yes, the generosity of your fascist partners needs to be recognized before it's too late for us to let these offers go. We we accept. Like we're you've helped us out so much. You're the best friends of the show we've ever had. Commander very, Gorka. Very nice. Hail Gorka, hail victory. Yeah. Hail victory, hail Gorka. <laughs> I believe that I will use the bathroom now. <laughs> Doctor, while you're here very quickly, what does it mean when you have to use the restroom six times a day? Is that something I should get checked out? Does that a lot? Yeah. Well, you'll have to. That's actually a question for my weekend medical radio show that I do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a call. Call in doctor with Doctor Gorka. It's um. It's it's called um house calls with Doctor Gorka. <laughs> anyway, going back up to the chopper to use the bathroom. I might have to empty the loo. On the <laughs> Bye. Bye. I love you all! <laughs> and remember, my roof ladder is always extended to you, Mr. Chapo! What a great guy. Have fun storming the castle! <laughs> love that Gorka. He's such a good guy, such a good friend of the show. He's the best. Uh, second best friend to the show, though, James Adomian. Thanks so much for coming yeah, again, you, man. Oh, but I, I just, I'm a big fan of Gorka. That's why I keep <laughs> <laughs> Alright, guys, till next time. Yeah. Or last time. Till last. Till last. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. Bye. Bye.